Welcome to Remember When. I'm Carl Schulteis, president of the King of Prussia Historical Society, and I'll be your host for this television series. UMGA-TV and the Historical Society are continuing this series as an oral history project of life and community in Upper Marion Township. In their own words, we want the people who lived the history of Upper Marion to tell us about that history. This edition features Nicholas Iacovelli. Nick was born and raised in Swedesburg, and he tells us about growing up there and his later adventures in the U.S. Air Force. Let's sit back and listen to Nick remember when. Nick, uh, thanks for coming by and seeing us today. Really Glad appreciate, to be here. You, appreciate yeah. you visiting us. The uh, understand you were born and raised in Swedesburg. That's correct. Okay. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, where you were? Where were you living at the time? I was living on the 300 block of Coach Street. Mm -hmm. I was born in December of 28, and uh, I was born right in the house. You don't remember who the doctor was? No, right? I don't remember that. <laughs> your mom and dad, okay. I understand your dad came from Italy? Yes, back in 1911. He was 17 years old. Mm -hmm. Only third grade education. What, uh, what did he do? He's a laborer. And um, when, he, uh, when he first came over, uh, he sent for his wife. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they got married. And they was living in Maniunk originally. Then he moved to Bridgeport. And then he, he had a house built in Coach Street back in 1925. James Lees and Sons uh, owned all that property on Coast Street, and he bought a piece of lot, about 40 by 100 feet. And your, and your mother was also from Italy? Yes. And the whereabouts in Italy did they come from, do you remember? Bonavento in the province of Calcedonia. Yeah. Whereabouts is that? Oh, that's uh, on the Adriatic Sea between Naples and Rome. I see. Mm -hmm. Been there. I recognize that. I know the area somewhat. <laughs> the... Um, you had some brothers and sisters? Yes. I have. Uh, I had, at one time, uh, three brothers, and I had three sisters, plus another brother and sister that died back mm -hmm. in, one in 1916, and uh, one in 19, uh, one died in 1916, and one in 1918, and then uh, my younger brother died in 1933. I see. Did, uh, did they all go to Upper Marion Area Schools? Yes, all of them did, yeah. I'm the only one that graduated. Uh, the way I see. Okay. Because they had to quit school to go to work. That was pretty common uh, to uh, to happen at that time, wasn't it? Yeah, because they had to uh, try to raise nine kids with the uh, and with laborers uh, pay. It wasn't that much money. Did they do anything else uh, in the way of gardening or anything of that nature? To yes, we had to call a victory garden, right in the backyard. Grow tomatoes, peppers, a couple of fig trees, which you had to bury in the wintertime because it was it would freeze. Some of them, you know, they put insulation on top of the ground, but my father buried his all the time. And the, uh, what, did your, what did your brothers do uh, after they went to school? Well, I, well, they tried to find some work, but uh, with no experience, they couldn't find too much work to do. My oldest brother, Sal, who's still living, he's 87, he lives in Conshohocken. He joined the CCCs, Civilian Conservation Corps. What did they do? Well, uh, it's just like the Army. They went to camp, and then they, uh, one of the things they built was Norristown State Hospital. It was principally a construction type of uh, yes. organization? Yes. Mm -hmm. And it was government supported? Right. And they got paid so much, and they had to send it home to the, they had to send home like an allotment to the parents. Mm -hmm. They wore uniforms? Yes. 
And that was only for a certain length of time, and then they had to get out. In other words, you can't be there all the time. I think it was three or four years. Uh, what about your sisters? What did they do? Uh, I had two sisters still living. They used to work for People's Cleaners in East Main Street in Northstown. One worked downstairs, one upstairs. Mm -hmm. And then they, after the war was over in 46, they both got married and they moved out of the house, you know. They, um, they left school early also? Yes. about the, the, My oldest sister, who's 80 right now, she left school uh, right before she graduated. The reason why she left school, she couldn't go to the class trip. She didn't have any money. You graduated from high school? 1947. Okay. At Upper Marion? Yes. Mm -hmm. And what did you do then? Couldn't find a job. Well, I worked for Continental Diamond Fiber for about three months. That's mm -hmm. on Bridgeport. They make you know, fiber gears and all that stuff. And then uh, that's the only thing, job I could find. So I decided to join the Air Force in back in, in October of 47. Mm -hmm. Before we get into that, tell me, Upper Mariana High School and, uh, and school, what do you remember? The teachers? Do you recall any of the teachers' names? Oh, in the, in the Sweden School, there was uh, Mr. Bixler was the principal. Mm -hmm. Where was this located, the Sweden School? Uh, B and uh, B Street. Street. Right off of uh, Flint Hill Road. And uh, you went through what, the first six grades there? Or yes. What, any of the subjects you can recall doing or the activities you took in? How you entertained yourself after school? We didn't have much thing, nothing there to entertain. We didn't have no playgrounds or anything. Um, it was just a field there, and uh, I don't remember doing any type of entertainment, playing, nothing. Yeah. The after school, you went home and. Uh, and Went home, yeah. yeah. Did it work around the house, or would? Yeah, I had to help my father cut wood mm -hmm. because I had a wood stove, and uh, we used to go across the tracks where the turnpike wasn't there, near the quarry, and then pick coal out of the railroad tracks and take them home and use that. This is the coal that came off the trains. Yeah, it fell yeah. off the trains. <laughs> that was only about oh, less than a quarter of a mile from where I lived. It was a good afternoon's activity for you. Yeah. <laughs> Have anything like a bike or anything of this? I never had a bike or a wagon, uh -huh. and I, I didn't. I couldn't drive anything because I didn't. Uh, I didn't have a driver's license. I got in the service. Well, after you went to Sweden School, then where did you go to school? Upper Marion, uh, where the high school is, they was divided into two sections: seventh, eighth, and ninth grade on one part of it, and tenth, eleventh, and twelfth on the other part. Mm -hmm. Do you recall any of the teachers you had there? In the, oh, sure. In the junior high school? Yes. Can you give us any of your, the names? Bob Bracken. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I don't know about the seventh, eighth, and ninth grade, but uh, the other higher grades, it was yeah. Bob Bracken and uh, Bob Strine, he was the principal. Um, George Santoro, Nelson Robb, um, Martha Jane Evans, um, Marie Wolfskill, English teacher, Mrs. Miller, the typing teacher. Mr. Pillis, he was a shop shop teacher, mm -hmm. and then uh, at one time I had Johnny Wysocki for the football coach. He's yeah. a former uh, Villanova grad, All-American from Villanova, Johnny Wysocki. Yeah. You played football, any other, and tell us about the football team. Um, we had lousy equipment, leather helmets, and when you got hit in the head, you, you felt it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, the equipment was so bad, uh, they never got it cleaned. And uh, I have pictures at home. I used to wear number 35. I, p I played uh, right guard. 146 pounds, that's all I weighed. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and how many years did you play ball? Three years. Three years. 
What kind of records did you fellas have? Um, well, if you go back, 1941, there was undefeated. That's when they had the best team ever. And uh, my, uh, we used to have maybe three wins and about six, five or six losses. We played teams that was out of our league, actually. Uh, like, which teams were you talking about? Norristown, um, um, Pottstown, Ambler. Bridgeport? Uh, yeah, we played Bridgeport, yeah. And uh, they'd always beat us because they have a better team than we did. Better equipment, too. Until later, and when the, Franny Murphy became the coach, and then you start picking up everything else right. at that time. That goes back a long time then. Yeah. Well, the population shifted from, That's from what Bridgeport it was, yeah. and, and uh, Upper Marion became yeah. uh, more See, at populous. one time, Bridgeport it never grows. It's always had about 5,000 population. Upper Marion was real small until the late 60s and 70s. Yeah. How big was Sweetsburg uh, area? A little over 1,000 population. Uh -huh. Pretty stable in yes. terms of number? Yes. Didn't really have much change. No. And there's no room to build any extra houses either. The uh, in the in the Swedesburg area, what the well, you went into the you said you went into the Air Force. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I uh, went down to Philadelphia, took a test, physical and all that stuff, and then I was sworn in October the third, nineteen forty-seven, at the Schuylkill Arsenal. That's on um, Grace Ferry Avenue, twenty-six in Grace Ferry Avenue. Mm -hmm. While I was waiting in the waiting room to be sworn in with other people, I, I remember it was October the third. And I was listening to the baseball game, World Series between the Yankees and the Dodgers or somebody. And Ralph Brankett pitched a no-hitter. No hitting the run yes. game. I still remember Yogi Berra catching him in midair. And Brankett weighs about 6'1", about 220 pounds. Yogi Berra is about 5 foot 8", about 170 pounds. <laughs> I still picture that in my mind, you know. And then I come home and then I took a train down to Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio. How long did it take you to get there? Two days. Yeah. <laughs> that was fairly difficult at the time. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and I had uh, 13 weeks basic training. Then from there I took a train to Denver, Colorado, where I went to school for a clerk type of school. Then I went to uh, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, where I learned to be a key punch machine operator, which is the first phases of the computer. You had a machine about six foot high and about three, uh, four foot wide. And that's where they used to have uh, five by eight index cards and you type on, a, uh, on these cards and it punch holes in, that, in those uh, information and you put it in this machine, it would type it out. That was the early phases of the computer. They sent me overseas to uh, Clark Air Force Base in the Philippines. And what did you do there? Clark Typist. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about your experience there in the Philippines. Well, I was in an 18th Motor Vehicle Squadron, which is uh, like a mortar pole, but they had uh, two and a half ton trucks and jeeps and that stuff. And uh, my commander and executive officer were fly uh, pilots. They would fly F-80 jets. And uh, I worked in the office and uh, half a day, and usually we played softball for half a day, but it was 110 degrees outside, and I played in the sand. In other words, uh, there was no grass there. Right. And at night, uh, the barracks was uh, corrugated steel, one, one, one floor, and it was a dirt floor. And on you, your uh, bunk, you had to have a had a T square on the front and the back, uh, the foot and the head of it, and uh, you had a mosquito net. You had to cover yourself up every night, or else you get bitten with mosquitoes. Yeah, yeah. problem with malaria at the time. I'm yeah, sure. that uh, you had to get uh, you know certain immunization shots and what have you. And I stayed there for two years. 
And right before I left, we're starting to get air raid wardens for the air raid sirens for uh, uh, bombings, possible bombings, because at the time the Korean War just about broke out. And I came back home. It was about June the 25th, 1950. And then I was reassigned to Eglin Air Force Base. You went to Germany, you said? Yeah, for, I went to Eglin Air Force Base right. in 1950. That's where I met my wife, who was in the service also. And I stayed there until uh, June or July of 52. And I got bored because uh, I just didn't like that service down there, so I decided to go overseas. My position at Eglin Air Force Base was to send people overseas. <laughs> so I decided to send myself Self over overseas. Yeah. So I went over to Wiesbaden, Germany. Uh -huh. And I stayed there for almost a year and a half. But the only problem there, I was a surplus in my uh, position. I was a personnel technician. And they had too many of those, and I couldn't get any higher grade than tech sergeant. Right. I was staff sergeant at yeah. the time. They wanted me to re be retrained in the supply or uh, accounting. And I didn't want to do that, so uh, at that time they had an early out. So I decided to take it and leave. And get, I got discharged in November of 53. November 53. Okay. And at the time I was in the service, Harry Truman was the president. He gave us an extra year of service. Oh, yes. I enjoyed that. It's called the Truman year. year. Yeah, I got that extra year, too. <laughs> uh, your wife, you, met, you said you met her in the service. Right. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, she worked in a, in a different area than I did. She was in like a tech supply mm -hmm. about oh, three blocks from where I used I worked in the early room. I was a clerk typist and I eventually became command sergeant major. Mm -hmm. Now, if I stayed there, I could have made E8, mm -hmm. but uh, I just didn't like it there. I guess it's too hot, and I just didn't bother with. Didn't know what I was looking for, but uh, I should have realized I should have stayed there, mm -hmm. because I probably could have got discharged and got a civilian job there. But uh, I, I don't like Florida because uh, you're not up on all the news like you up around here. They don't. T television was just coming out in 1950. I remember seeing my first television down there in Florida. I just didn't care for it. So I, when I got discharged, I went bound to see her, and, when I, and she got discharged also, and we got married, February of '54. Uh, where was uh, where was she? Uh, where was her home before she went into the service? Um, near Tallahassee, mm -hmm. 150 miles from Eglin Air Force Base. She was a Floridian. Then, yes. Huh? Yeah, she felt more comfortable down there than you did, yes. I guess. Okay. So you came home from the Air Force, and what year was that? '53, you said. Yes. Okay. And what did you do then? Well, I tried to get a job, and everybody uh, that came back from the Korean War was promised the jobs that they, when they left. So it was very difficult to find work. And then I finally uh, went to the employment agency, Snelling. It was Snelling. Mm -hmm. And I had to pay to get a job. and. Uh, I went down to Philadelphia, I worked as a billing clerk for a trucking company, Acme Fast Freight, on the front of Noble Streets, down in Philadelphia. I had a drive down, mm -hmm. and there was no expressway at the time. I had to go down River Road, right through Maniunk and that way. How long did it take you to get to work? About an hour. It was a good trip then. Yeah. <laughs> and my shift wasn't too good. 12.15 to 8.45 at night, Tuesday through Saturday. Okay. okay. 75 cents an hour Never. I made. So after yeah. about five years of that, I, and every year since I was the last, it was a union too, Teamsters Union. So every year around November, I get laid off until February because there's no, no work. 
See, after about three or four years, I got tired of that, so I decided to go find another job closer to where I live. And uh, I worked for a Tyson shirt company on the Corson Street in Narstown for about six months. And I was like a shipping clerk there. The work was too heavy for me because uh, I didn't like it. And uh, they didn't give me a uh, promotion when they said they was, so I decided to leave. Then I got, uh, I saw on the paper, my wife saw on the paper where they're looking for a uh, technician for the Army Reserve Center, just like the National Guard, right. up on Sandy Hill Road. Yeah, I know where you're talking. This, that, that, it's still there. Isn't yes. It? That was built there in 1956. So I. I had to go take a test up at Town Gap, up in Anvil, PA, which is near Harrisburg. And I got five, five points for veterans preference, and my test was, uh, out of 100, it was 93. Okay. So that, that puts you in the top uh, 98% there. So they hired me right away, <clears throat> and I didn't have to go to any school because I already had that training. And uh, my position was um, administrative supply technician. The reservists only meet on weekends, Saturday and Sunday. So my job during the week to keep all the records in order, drive a truck to go down to Philadelphia and so forth to pick up supplies. I'm talking about, you know, gas mason, what have you. And then on the weekend, I try to train the people in the jobs they're supposed to do in case they're called up to active duty. I see. Well, were you living in, in uh, Swedesburg at the time? Yes. And you would you would commute up there? Yeah. I only lived uh, two blocks from where I'm living now. I see. No, no. 1960, I was in my home now because I, I bought the home in 56. I commuted. It's only three miles one way. Mm -hmm. So I'd come home for lunch every day. Every day I'd come home for lunch, 12 to 1. And uh, I had two units I was uh, servicing. The 358 Civil Affairs Brigade, who's in, it's in uh, Iraq right now. Mm -hmm. They're just coming home. And the 416 Civil Affairs Battalion, they're just going to go over right now. And uh, the first unit, 358, was formed in Bryn Mawr in back 1950, but they didn't get any pay at that time. They moved to Narstown around 53, and they started getting paid, you know, just on a weekend and then two weeks of summer camp. And I can remember when I was working in 1960, I, the unit had six full colonels, about 18 lieutenant colonels, 10 majors, and about one, two captains. <laughs> And they kept saying, I wish we could go on active duty. <laughs> now, after 50 years, they finally got their worst, but I think most of them didn't want to go. Well, the neighborhood uh, in the early uh, 40s and 50s, they had uh, mom and pop stores, mom and dad stores around the, oh, about half a dozen of them on every corner almost. And they uh, had a famous bakery called the Swedesburg Polish Bakery. That was very popular. And the only other industry in the area was the Kunda Beverage Company that was established in 1920. And then in 1946, the Kunda Sign Company was formed in the same building on Stewart Street in Swedesburg. And then there's another auto body shop. It's called Stans. That's been in existence for about 60 years. That was on, uh, on the corner of East 4th Street and Church Road. Yeah. Was the neighborhood pretty much the same then as it was when you were... Or yes. A young child? Right. Yeah. Hadn't changed at all. They had one hardware store, too, on Coach Street, uh -huh. the 200 block, Karatsko's hardware store. Yeah. Were the streets paved? Yes. Yeah. Except my street. I lived on Pershing Street. At that time, I was, uh, it was two houses on the street. So uh, my house was the last one, so uh, it was all dirt road. 
and I, didn't, I couldn't get any mail. I had to go down to Bridgeport Post Office to pick it up on the corner of West 4th Street and DeKalb 202, which is now Schuylkill right. Parkway. Okay. Yeah. I had a P.O. box there. I had to go pick up my mail until, huh. until uh, 1974 when they built uh, 25 townhouses across the street where I live. The reason they built those townhouses across the street is because at one time that's where the firehouse was located on Church Road and uh, Taft Street. It's right opposite my house, but it was on the, almost on Church, Church Road where the turnpike is right now. Mm -hmm. So uh, back in, uh, I guess, uh, 52, when they started extending the, ex the turnpike from King of Prussia to uh, Plymouth Meeting, they condemned the firehouse and they had to tear it down because that's where the turnpike was going through. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, the firehouse finally got ground on Jefferson Street where it is now, and they rebuilt it in 54. Did the turnpike going through that area change the neighborhood a lot? Well, uh, there was um, 10 houses there on Church, Church Road around between uh, Toast Street and Fairley Street that had to be torn down, right behind the Polish Bakery. Right. And there's uh, one or two houses up around uh, Madison Avenue had to be torn down. And because of that, there was no way of going to uh, Flint Hill Road from uh, Jefferson Street, because Jefferson Street was a cul-de-sac. It ended at uh, where um, Madison Street is. So when they, the state had to make that a state highway, so they opened it up to Flint Hill Road. And they built a bridge over the turnpike. And right beyond the bridge is where the state police headquarters is right now. Fire department was organized back in uh, 1942. And Bernie, Bernie Gutkowski, senior funeral director, uh, he was instrumental in uh, organizing it because uh, he was the appointed air raid warden because they used to have uh, test airways air during the war. And he decided it was good to have a, a firehouse uh, in Swedesburg because you never know what was going to happen. So he organized it. Mm -hmm. And the first firehouse uh, was a fire company was uh, established in about 1942. And there was first truck was housed in James Lee's building, which is about two blocks down the road on East 4th Street. He was, a, he was in the hardware business, wasn't he? James Lee? James Lee's, and that was Woolen Carpets. Oh, Woolen Carpets. Okay. That, that, that was there for about 1910 to about 1965 before it moved down to the south. And uh, we had no place to house the fire trucks, so they put it there until early 19, uh, maybe... Uh, maybe 50 is when they built a new firehouse where they had to tear it down in 52. So that firehouse on the Church Road didn't, wasn't there too long because that was in the wrong location as far as the turnpike was, was concerned. concerned. Okay. The, uh, were you involved in all in the fire company at the time? Back in 59 and 60, I was the financial secretary. And I used to collect the dues, give them um, cards and everything else. And uh, at that time, it was very tough because the fire company didn't get any assistance from the township or the state. Whatever equipment they had, they had to buy themselves. How did you raise the money? Oh, they had different raffles and what have you, dinners, and but it was very tough. And uh, couldn't afford too much equipment. How many people were in the department? The fire department? Yeah. When it started out, it wasn't that many because uh, I guess nobody wanted to become involved. And they had no, no training. There wasn't any fire academy or anything like yeah. that. And Eddie Dibbets was one of the first uh, financial secretaries, or secretary, I guess you call it. And I think he's been there for the last 40 years, as far as I can remember. And uh, 
Bernie Kutkowski Sr., he used to be there, and then uh, Raymond Schultz, he was one of the first founders. He was a fire chief, and he also was a, he had a lifetime membership just like Bernie Kutkowski. Mm -hmm. Then when Upper Marion came into existence, and they, well, Sweetland was before Upper Marion, I mean, Swedesburg, they had the first fire company first, then it was Swedesburg. And when Upper Marion started establishing themselves, then we seemed to get more assistance from the, the township as far as, uh, as you know, buying equipment and what have you. Well, the only church in Swedesburg was uh, Old Swedes Church, which is uh, for Polish people mostly. See, the churches in my area was designated according to the Polish, Italian, uh, Slavish, and, and uh, St. Augustine's, which is uh, Irish. And uh, it wouldn't be proper for me to go to the Polish church because I'm Italian. So I had to go down to uh, for, uh, Union Avenue and Ford Street. That's where my church was established back in 1929. It's interesting, the ethnic churches that the in, uh, in that area. Not only that, when I uh, moved to my present house back in 56, all Polish and Slavish people lived there and they frowned on Italians. In other words, I was in the wrong location. <laughs> Bridgeport is where I should be. I see. <laughs> and, uh, I, You're in the wrong neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, so it was hard for me to come, become accustomed to those people because they didn't, they didn't want to accept us. Isn't that something? <laughs> we can laugh at There was a Polish church an Italian church, an Irish church, what else? Uh, Ukrainian church, you know, up on top of the hill, yeah. Saints Peter and Paul, mm -hmm. and uh, it was about five churches at that time, yeah. and each one went to their uh, own, uh, and also Christ Sweet's church mm -hmm. on River Road, that's Episcopalian. Yeah, that's Episcopalian, but yeah. I was thinking these are all, the others were four Catholic uh, yeah. churches. Catholic was a uh, Sacred Heart in Swedesburg, yeah. Our Lady Mount Carmel in Bridgeport, uh, St. Augustine's in the Bridgeport, a Mother of Sorrows in Bridgeport. Well, the Sacred Heart was Polish church. Right. Yeah, I used to do physicals down there, in the, and we used to see the the, uh, the kids who were coming in from Poland, and uh, how quickly they adapted to uh, English. It was uh, always amazed me over two or three years. So that that was a Sacred Heart was the Catholic church, I mean the uh, the Polish church. Right. Was there another Polish church besides Sacred Heart? Not around here, no. No. The other one was in. Um, Country uh, Hawken, St. Mary's. St. Mary's, I see. And in St. Augustine was the Italian church. No. No? Uh, Irish. Irish church. A mother, um, a mother of Sorrows, I mean, uh, a Lady of Mount Carmel was the Italian church. A Lady of Mount Carmel was the and Mother Italian. of Sorrows was a Slavish. Slavish church, the Slavish church, okay. That was the one we, that we, I couldn't. And uh, the St. Peter and Paul up on top of the yeah. hill, Union Avenue was. The uh, Ukrainian church. Yeah. Yeah, how big were the uh, the parishes? I mean, the, the how many were in the parish? Uh, Very and, small uh, gatherings at that yeah. time. Yeah, with with Bridgeport, it's not that big to have. Bridgeport only has five thousand, and they can't they, they can't grow any work because there's no more room to build any more houses. At the same time, I was working for the Army Reserve. I had a part-time job with uh, Wilson Freight, which is on uh, Henderson Road, right across from uh, the quarry. Mm -hmm. As you go over the tracks, you know, where the Kunda Sign Company is now? Right. Right there next to there is where the Wilson Freight is. Okay. Now it's called a uh, different name. It's called CCX. Mm -hmm. I worked there part-time from 1960 to 80. Right. Mostly one night a week. The, uh, the you had mentioned, the, you just mentioned quarries. Where the, uh, where was that located? There were a couple of them in the area. Uh, the one quarry was located where I live. It's called the uh, Limestone Quarry, and it's still in existence right now. Yes. They opened it up again. 
and it, it runs from uh, Flint Hill Road and Church Road to uh, McCoy's Road and uh, River Road between Sweetland and Sweetsburg. Yeah. They used to be very active down there the, in that area. It uh, still is right now. Yeah. And then there's another quarry. It's on. Uh, it's inactive at uh, Solon Boulevard and 202. Yes. That's not active anymore. So. Yeah, I think that the water company has that. Right. Don't they use that as a, as a reservoir. Right. Tell me about the Polish bakery. Anything special about the uh, Oh, they, they had the pumpernickel bread, rye bread, donuts. And they made all these Polish uh, del delicacies. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, they had the Polish feast right. to raise money for the church. That was a two-day feast. Now it's a three-day feast. They had that once a year. And uh, people would go f come from all over to go to that bakery to go uh, and get the goodies over there. Yeah. What was your what was your favorite? I like the donuts. <laughs> okay. Uh, what uh, they had some bars down there also. Yes, uh, they had separate clubs. It's called the American Citizen Club, which is now the AOH Hall. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a bar there, and that's been in existence about since about 1929 or 30. My father used to favor that one. He used to go there all the time. Yeah. <laughs> then he had. Uh, J.P.'s Bar on the corner of Mary and Jefferson Street. Then they had Franny's Bar, Francis Bar on East 4th Street, right where John Kapinski used to live, right next door. Right. Then they had Lasik's Bar on Center and 4th Street. And then they had the Polonia Hall, which is a club. That was a bar there also. And the uh, Shrewsbury Fire Company has a bar. Well, uh Sound like there was plenty of adult entertainment going on there at that point. Right. <laughs> it was these were social clubs, obviously, right. and uh, the, uh, the they called them clubs. But they did they have any other uh, activities? Activities? Yes, they all did. Uh, Polonia Hall, uh, Polonia Hall. They had uh, they had uh, their own feasts and parties and all that stuff and dancing. And every year they had to raise money, you know, because they have like a lady auxiliary there, mm -hmm. and. Uh, uh, Sacred Heart Church, they have the two-day feast every year. They've had that for the last 40 or 50 years. Now it's three days. And they have polka music, three or four bands. They have a polka contest. And they have all these favorite uh, dinner dishes for the Polish people. You can go there and get a meal right there in the school hall, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, they draw a lot of people more than their room. They, now they got a new uh, parking lot. They can have accommodate more people. They just, I retired in the... Uh, March of 84, and then I decided that uh, I needed to supplement my income, so I decided to get a job with uh, Montgomery County, mm -hmm. and I worked for the courthouse in the Criminal Records Division. It's called Clerk of Courts, mm -hmm. and uh, it involves uh, keeping the records of uh, people that are arraigned before district justices, and I hold the records before uh, the trial comes up handle uh, driving under the influence where they turn in their license had to send them to Harrisburg. I handle um, appeals for um, district court for guilty pleas and also um, criminal records mm -hmm. and also uh, death, death penalties. I used to handle that mm -hmm. and a few other things. That was my job. My so, house, well, see my father only had third grade education. Mm -hmm. When he had the house built, he didn't have any furnace put in. It was a chimney there, but it was just blocked off at the basement. Right. So uh, I'm talking about 1930. It was real cold in those days. Sure. He finally got a stove for the kitchen, a um, wood stove you can put coal in. That's right. what he cooked on. Right. And then he bought another stove for the living room, which wood and coal. Right. That was supposed to heat the whole house. 
And eventually, he, he got a furnace put in the bottom, downstairs in the basement, coal furnace. Uh, I don't know what year, but it was maybe uh, 43 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then when I left there in 47, it was, um, it was still a coal furnace. Where'd you get the wood? We had to go get it somewhere. We'd drive a truck or something to pick it up. I used to cut railroad ties, too, mm -hmm. in the alley with a big saw. Two people had to cut, you know, mm -hmm. these big yeah. three-foot saws. And it was very difficult to get the wood. And then later on, the neighbors would get together and order coal from Shemokin. And the coal uh, truck would make one trip for about four or five houses. And they'd dump coal into your basement. Yeah, I can, re I can recall that. <laughs> and you have to shake it out and take the ashes out and everything else. Yeah. yeah. Who tended the fire? I did, I did most of the time. Yeah. Were you the youngest of, the, of your family? Of your, I have one sister younger than me. Yeah. Actually, one brother, but he died in 1933, Anthony Jr. Yeah. And one sister died about three years ago. Uh, she was younger than me. Do you, do you remember what the children died of? Uh, influenza yeah. and uh, tuberculosis. Yeah. The 1918 flu. Right. And uh, I guess in the 33 was tuberculosis. Mm. Of course, the, the, uh, the 1918 flu had... Uh, it was a pandemic epidemic that... Uh, there was not enough doctors so. or uh, nothing you go around. In other words, you had to wait your turn. Yeah. Bridgeport had a, uh, like a health clinic on the corner of um, DeKalb Street and uh, 202, uh, 202 and 4th Street. It's now a printing, it's Doherty Printing Office right now. It used to be an old hospital there. Oh, in Bridgeport? Mm-hmm. Tell, us, tell us about that, uh, what you can remember, because I was unaware that there was a hospital. Well, you had to wait in line before you can get waited on, and it's not that easy because there's only one doctor there. And a lot of people didn't have uh, the money to pay to get their medicine, so uh, that's why people died. And Montgomery Hospital wasn't built until 1939 or 40. Did you go much into the Bridgeport area? I had to because there's nothing in the Swedesburg to go to. Everything was in Bridgeport. They had, um, well, besides the bars, they had different stores. And the movie house was there on the, the Broadway on the corner of uh, DeKalb Street and 2nd Street. Still there, but it's a uh, cards place there now. Card place, you know, like a, there was a movie house there. Yeah, it's called the Broadway. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I was unaware of that entirely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then right next across the street was the big called uh, Weiss, had a clothing store there, W E I S S. Mm -hmm. It's a store there now, but it's not Weiss. It's a different name now. Yeah. What kind of clothing was it? Ben's clothing or what? All the uh, shoes, everything. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's another place in Swedesburg that I forgot to tell you. It's called, called um, Philadelphia Bargain Store. It was uh, right where the parking lot, the new parking lot of the Sacred Heart Church is now. Uh, they used to sell all different kind of uh, material, linens, and I saw that people that uh, were handy with sewing machines could make curtains and everything else. Two people owned it from Philadelphia, and they had uh, a lot of stuff there. And people just come from all out of uh, different parts of the area to go there and buy stuff. It's called a Philadelphia bargain store. It was empty for a long time. They finally knocked it down, and they church bought it and built a new parking lot there to extend it. Well, uh, while I was still going to school, I used to go bowling, but I had to walk to Narstown. It's called Markley Street Lanes. And we're, it was located on Markley Street, obviously. Yeah, right where um, there's a um, tire place in there. It's called, I guess it's called Amco, right. where you, uh, they paint your cars and everything. Uh -huh. Right there. Yeah. And, 
right near the Elm Street uh, train station, station. Yeah. across the street. I know the area you're talking about. I used to walk from uh, Bridgeport, Swedesburg area. That's about three and a half miles. Yeah, that was a good, a good walk. And they had that pinball, regular people that would set up the pins. Yeah. No machines, it was just yeah. uh, manual ones. And Norristown had uh, four theaters. The Norris, where the McDonald's used to be on Main Street. Right. The Westmore, which is on uh, Arch and the Main Street. The Garrick, which is on um, West Main Street and uh, what's the other street there? Barbados Street mm -hmm. and the Westmore on the West, Main, West Marshall Street in Norristown. Yeah. Did you have any favorite movies? I used to go to the Norris because they had a the balcony there. Uh -huh. And uh, the Grand, because they used to have double features to go see the cowboy movies. Yeah. You had a favorite cowboy? Oh, Roy Rogers and... Uh, Tex Ritter, uh -huh. Tom Mix. Mix. Yeah. The, uh, what about Buck Rogers? No, I didn't like him. You didn't like him. Mm -hmm. You went into science fiction. Right? So after you were married and came home, what did you do for entertainment then? Uh, we go to the movies now and then. Uh -huh. And uh, we watched TV, and that was it. Because yeah. I didn't have much money in those days. Right. And I had to pay for a mortgage. I got a, a, G, a VA loan at 4.5% interest, and that was pretty low back in 56. And I got a... 20-year loan, I paid a house off in 12 and a half years because I was making double payments because yeah. I was working at Wilson's. Right. We just celebrated our 50th wedding anniversary on the 18th of February. Congratulations. 50th. Yeah. And uh, she just she used to handle the bills, you know, make up the bills. Uh, at one time, I didn't have any checking accounts, so she had to keep walking. To, when I was working, she had to walk to Narsan to pay for the bills. The water company, electric company, telephone company. You had to walk to Narsan. Before I had a checking account, yeah. she cooked, cleaned the house, and uh, we used to always have a dog. I had a, at one time, I had a uh, collie that uh, I got around 1959. My daughter went to kindergarten in Sweden, and that dog has lived until my daughter was in the 12th grade before it oh. uh, passed away. Yeah, it's a good number of years for a yeah. collie. I now have a West Highland Terrier. He'll be 14 on the 1st of May. Well, you have uh, your fortune to have, the, to have them live so long. It's, yeah. it's terrific. And but my colleague stayed outside all the time. I had a dog house from about just uh, West Highland Terrier stays in the house all the time. Yeah. Well, he's only 20 pounds. He's not that big. Mm -hmm. I bought a car when I came back from uh, Philippine Islands. I bought a car down in Florida, mm -hmm. 1942 Chevy. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, what year was this again? The, the 1947, you said, or 40? 1950. 1950. I bought a car, and then, uh, then before I went over to Germany, I bought a uh, 1950 Chevy, and I took that car over to Germany with me. See, being the first three grader, safe yeah. sergeant, you could take the car over. So I had to drive it over to uh, Fort Hamilton in uh, New York, and then they put it on the boat and t ship it over. So when I was in Germany, I had my own car over there. And they had a ration book. You could get so much gas per month. So while I was over in Germany, I... Uh, I knew some people that was in the service that was in Eglin Air Force Base. They were there too. And we took a trip down to Rome and saw Pope Pius XII. They had a group audience there back in uh, 53, I guess it was. I drove all the way down from Wiesbaden, Germany to uh, Rome and then the courthouse. The courthouse. And yeah. What year was that? Um, June of uh, 94. Mm -hmm. be 10 years this June. 10 years this June. All right. Well, tell me the changes you've seen in, in, over the over the last ten years here in in the Swedes, Swedesburg. 
Well, nothing's happened in Swedesburg. It's been uh, the last ten years has been the same as it was before. Yeah. And uh, we well, had a couple supervisors then. Yeah. Swedesburg. Tell me about them. Well, Bill Smith. Uh, he's from. Uh, he's from. Right, he lived right next to the bakery. Mm -hmm. uh, he used to be on different committees here in Upper Marion Township, but then he finally they recognized him that he should uh, make good supervisor material. So he decided to run for it. And his slogan was just plain Bill. That was his slogan. Just plain Bill. <laughs> and he barely won. Wasn't yeah. that? It was very close. And uh, he served, I guess, one term. And uh, that was enough for him, I guess, because he was pretty old at the time. Yeah, While he was living at his house where it is now with his wife, they had a gas explosion out in the street. And he was downstairs or somewhere, and they blew him out in the street, and it took all his clothes off. In other words, and his wife it didn't bother her at all. In other words, she was unhurt, and he was severely burned, and he went to the hospital, and uh, he finally uh, recuperated, but then he died of some other complications later on. Didn't live too long after that. Didn't he? No, didn't and the he... house was completely destroyed, and they rebuilt it on the same location. And Wanda Smith, his widow, still lives there by herself. She has two kids, and they, they don't live in, at home. They live out of the area. Mm -hmm. There was another supervisor. John me. Kapinski. Tell me about John. Well. John used to come to all the meetings, and uh, he was very um, outspoken. He would always question the supervisors and what have you, before he became a supervisor. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they liked that. So eventually he said he was going to run for supervisor, and he wanted to. Mm -hmm. And he served one term on the board, and uh, he was pretty successful. At that time, there wasn't any television. You didn't, you didn't know what was going on unless you came to the meetings in person. Right. Right. And at that time, this building wasn't here, I don't think. So I don't know where they had their meetings at. Well, they used to have it up at the uh, Union Hall, up at uh, Stuart Fund Hall. Stuart, Stuart Union uh, Hall, right there. Allendale Road in the two hundred two, right where the Jiffy uh, Car Lube is almost. Well, there's the bank. There's the bank there now. The, uh, well, the Jiffy Car Lube and and also. It's a bank there, yeah. It's Wachovia, a, uh, is it? No, I don't think it's a Wachovia. Citizens Bank. Citizens Bank. I think you're right. Citizens yeah. Bank. Yeah. I think that's it. Anyhow. That's where they had their meetings. That's when. Uh, I guess Paul Flynn was the township manager at the time. Then it was Robert Gertie's. Yeah. Do you remember Union Hall? Yes. I used to go there to pay my taxes. Yeah. That's another thing I've got to tell you. When Mr. Wills was a tax collector in the early 40s and 50s, people didn't have many cars. So he would come down to the firehouse one day, I mean, one day during the week, and he would notify everybody that he was going to collect taxes, and everybody would go and you know, pay the taxes off right there. That was pretty nice. He would go to Sweden too. Go right there to the firehouse and they, sit there, and then they have all his paperwork, okay. and they pay his taxes. Taxes that way, okay. Right. But the um, the Union Fund Hall, that's, that was a, an old school, as I recalled. Was it an operation when you were talking? Yes. Yeah. It was, I can remember it was all wooden floor, and uh, it was a real old building, and that's where they up, they, they operated before they got this building here. Yeah, the, but do you remember it as a school, when it, when it served as a school? No, because I was uh, too far away from it. I lived in Swedesburg, and that's like three, four miles up the road. It's an entirely different uh, yeah. uh, neck of the woods here. Yeah. Okay. At that time, uh -huh. uh, when I was growing up and I went to school, I, I didn't even have, know how to drive a car. Mm -hmm. I, I learned until I got in the service. I learned on a Jeep. Okay. That's a, that's in a, Clark Field in the Philippines. That's a good start. In a Jeep, yeah. <laughs> in the firehouse? Yes. In the, the, uh, in the tank truck they had there. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you personally recall that, that truck? No. Uh, 
the reason I don't recall it is because there never was any fires in Swedesburg. They just had these in case there was a fire. And they were housed in the James Lee's uh, warehouse at the time. And they didn't transfer them to the firehouse on the Church Road until the early, uh, when, I was out of the, when I was out of the area going to, going to in the service. So, but back in, um, when I came out of the service, back in 59 and 60, when I uh, was financial secretary, that's when they started getting better modern equipment. I remember reading in the paper a long time ago, the Upper Marion would grow up to be like 28 or 30,000. But what happened is, more industry has been coming in here than the residential. Mm -hmm. And that's not what the township supervisor had in mind, especially Chuck Volpe. He wanted 65% residential and 35% industrial. It's the other way around now. That's why the population has never grown anymore. Yeah. Old Christ Church was visited by George Washington from, from Philadelphia on his way to Valley Forge. Oh, was it? He stopped there, yes. I didn't realize that. And there's a lot of famous uh, people buried there. I don't have a list, but uh, very, very famous. At one time, I remember back in 72, they had a flood. Remember that flood? Yes. That church and all the cemetery was underground about four foot of water. Because I walked down there and I saw what it was. It was you couldn't go from uh, Coates and River Road to uh, Sweden because it was all underwater. The, um, I can remember it. I can't remember what, uh, what hurricane it was. It was a hurricane, wasn't it? Yes. The, 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 it also hit up in Wilkes-Barre. Right. And uh, I was still in the, working for the Army Reserve, and we had uh, two dozen people went up there to assist them up there. They had uh, uh, cemeteries that uh, they was floating on the water, and some of the can uh, caskets. caskets was up in the trees. And uh, they had a water line, uh, they drew a line on the houses how far the water came up. Well, at that time, the police department consisted of two individuals. John Boyle was the chief, uh, chief of police and Nelson Campbell was the constable. John Boyle, uh, you never saw him because the only time you called him was whenever something happened, you know. Right. And Nelson Campbell used to have a store opposite the old uh, Henderson Road School right across the street there at the uh, Gulf. Henderson Road. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a service station there now. And uh, they never come around Swedesbury because there's nothing they come around to. Uh, nothing ever happened around there. No, uh, used to keep our doors open at night. We didn't even lock the doors. That's how safe it was. Not a problem. <laughs> no problem whatsoever. <laughs> and uh, uh, the kids in the neighborhood caused much in the way of mischief? No, and, no. The uh, kids were well behaved because the, parent, uh, the, the father and mother kept them in tow, you know. Right. They were very well behaved. They didn't push over any outhouses or anything like no. that. <laughs> oh, that's another thing. Swedesburg didn't have uh, sewers until back in, uh, oh, I would say, 65 or 66, Six. before they had sewers yeah. installed. And prior to that, would they have uh, septic systems? Yes. And where I lived, I didn't have any sewers until 74 when they built those houses across the street. Gambone Brothers, that was their first endeavor. Mm -hmm. They bought that ground that where the firehouse used to be, and they built um, 25 townhouses, in clusters of six, and the last section only has five townhouses. Mm. I wasn't there, my brother was, mm. back in 1925, uh, I guess, until 1930. Then he went to Sweden School. That was like a one-story one wooden, uh, maybe had four or five rooms to it, and that's where they had the school. Bridgeport always had a 
different schools because their borough was older than Upper Marion. And a lot of times uh, when you finished the eighth grade, you had to go to Bridgeport to go to high school because Upper Marion didn't have their high school until uh, 34 or 35. They had multiple rooms right. for the different grades, right? Mm -hmm. With the one, one, uh, one grade, one room? Uh, yeah, because yeah. uh, I remember the principal would always ring the bell. He'd check his clock. He had like one of these clocks you wear for a train station, you know. And he said it was time to, then he pressed the button and then there, there would, the bells would ring in all the rooms and we changed classes. And I remember the rooms being, uh, all the floors were concrete. And the library was on the basement below floor level. The only thing I can remember about Sweetland, I used to go in the recess and go in the back and pick strawberries before the school was out in June, you know. Yeah. Had a wild strawberry patch back there. And I remember that pit they went along there that uh, Alan Wood used to have uh, waste going out there, but I never got near there because it didn't smell too good. Mm -hmm. What was in the pit? Acid. Acid. Oh, okay. Uh, Waste coming from the Allen Wood steel. steel. I come right behind the, the school and went way up towards uh, the golf course almost. Golf Mills Golf course. course. Then somehow I turned around and went back in the river. I don't know how they could do that. You couldn't do it nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure a lot of that waste material was. Did you know that Mayor of? John Street from Philadelphia grew up in Sweden? I heard that. Yes, I heard that. He went to Sweden Elementary School. He used to live on um, Sweden Road as you go out towards Golf Mills on the right-hand side before you get to the golf course. There's a big house there. That's where he used to live. Was it mostly farmland around? Uh, yeah, in fact, Swedesburg was called Garden City. I have it on my deed. It says Garden City. Oh. And I used to have a farm, and then People that didn't have no yards would go across the railroad tracks and have a yard under the high tension wires. Mm -hmm. They'd grow a garden. They have a certain spot, they get permission and they... You said you had a victory garden there. Yeah. 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 How, how big an area are you talking about? Oh, it, it would run from uh, Flint Hill Road to uh, River Road. Yeah, that was the total area for, yeah. for all the farming areas mm -hmm. and so on. In between the quarry and the railroad tracks mm -hmm. before the turnpike. But your personal area that you that you formed, how big an area was that? Oh, just in my yard. Just in your yard, I see. My father had one too in the back of his yard. He grew tomatoes, peppers, fig trees, pear trees, mulberry tree. I can remember. And grapes too. Mm -hmm. He had like a, two different types of grapes. He had like one of those um, trellises yeah. to climb on there. Yeah. Did you can this material uh, or, or uh, for the winter months? Or? No, you couldn't. We didn't have any uh, refrigeration. Mm -hmm. Uh, the only thing I can remember is we used to make root beer. Right. And they used to use uh, old bottles and then uh, make the root beer and then have a cap and you, and you seal it. Right. And also I remember a long time ago, Abbott's Dairies used to deliver milk to the houses in the milk bottles. Right. And Kunda Beverage used to deliver beer to the houses yeah. when you ordered it. Because okay. my father used to order it all the time. Most around here was uh, Strowman's and Wonder Bread. Yeah. Stroman's was over in the Norristown area. They had the, didn't they have a, a bakery at the corner of Maine and Markley? Was that? That was a, uh, that was Wonder Bread, and they had a thrift store there too. Oh, okay. Brazola Bakery used to be have very popular at that time on the corner of um, East Main Street and um, Walnut Street. Brazola's Bakery. Swedesburg area. What What do you think has been the biggest change that's, that's happened to the? 
to the area? Uh, I'd say the, the court and the plaza. Because I remember where the court is now. There used to be a fence around there with a big sinkhole where the people would say, don't go near there because it's all, it's going to swallow everything up. And I don't know how they ever built a court there because uh, what I saw before, the, now the plaza is a different story. It's a different type of area. But that's where Corvette started out back right. in 56. Right. But, uh, and they used to have an Acme there too. Mm -hmm. But the court where they build it now, where that garage is, and all, I don't know how it's still standing there. <laughs> the ground is very, uh, it's got a lot of underground um, water in there, and uh, it's easy to uh, sink. Right. Caverns are, are located underneath that, yes. I remember when they built uh, the Marquee, used to be called Valley View Apartments at that time. Yes. That was, and then they used to have um, cable station used to be up there too, Suburban Cable it was called at that time. Then they built the shirt, uh, the, the other, what's that other hotel right, right there next to the marquee? Well, the Hilton. The Hilton. The Hilton. Yeah. yeah. And um, the first area that they built in Upper Marine was uh, Valley Ford Shopping Center. They had a supermarket there where um, Pizza Hut used to be, used to be mm. called George Beck's Restaurant. George Beck's Restaurant? Yeah. You know I that? Didn't I didn't realize he had a restaurant. Right where the Pizza Hut used yeah, to, sure. is closed right now. Yeah. And they had uh, food fair used to be up there, I think. Or shop, was it, uh, not shopping bag, but uh, used to have another supermarket there. Grants used to be up there, it burned right. down, you yeah, know. Yeah, I remember the, I remember Grants. And I remember the hardware store, Robert E. Lee. Yeah. My sister used to live right across the street. My, her husband built a home right there, right across from Robert E. Lee hardware store. Mm -hmm. Used to be a doctor there and from houses, right where all that banks and everything is right now. Mm -hmm. Well, I really appreciate you coming by, Nick, and talking to us. Yeah, no more time here. <laughs> and uh, in the, uh, you've been uh, very informative in, in giving us uh, your insights. In. That's it for this edition of Remember When. I'm Carl Schulteis, president of the King of Prussia Historical Society, and your host for this series of Upper Marion Township's Oral History. If you would like to make a suggestion or comment on this program, please use the following contact information. Thanks for watching. Until next time and always, remember when.